With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Line of Vienna Suite podcast. And just to make sure I've got it right this time, given I messed it up on the last one, Eddie, this is episode 149, right? Yes. Yes, thank God. We do strive for accuracy here at LOV. Um, as you'll have gathered, I'm joined by Eddie Skelly, as usual, for the show, as well as James Jarvis and one half of our Love uh, Review podcast hosting duo, Lee Tennant. Uh, gents, it's a pleasure to speak to you, as always, and especially given today's events, nicely rounding off a very busy period since we last spoke on quite a few fronts, actually. We've had new signings, a new kit, and even a match to discuss in, I think, was the, what was the first time in 144 days. So lots to talk about. And James, our first foray into the transfer market since the last show, saw us capture the signature of Tom White, midfielder on loan from Blackburn. He's a player that Everton knows well from his time at Barrow last season. What did you make of the move? Uh, well, I make it as one that, for us as fans, it kind of came out of nowhere because we never really heard anything about him being linked with us, did we, before? Yeah, it's, un- it's unusual, isn't it, given all the rumour mill that goes on on Twitter these days to sort of have one come out of the blue completely? Yeah, in a way, Bolton just seems to be an o- a bit, uh, essentially an open book nowadays for most fans that try to dig around for transfers. So it was, it was kind of a nice surprise. Although, obviously, we didn't really know much about him beforehand, but given the fact that Everts worked with him... And he, and he seems to play quite regularly for him at, at Barrow. He, he doesn't have a bad pedigree. He's just been a bit unlucky with injuries, which always seems to be the norm with us sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But, sort of a home for broken things, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it seems a sensible move. Um, our first loan signing as well, and given that he's um, in his final year at, in his in his um, Blackburn deal, if he does well, then yeah, free for next season in League One. Yeah, yeah, Lee, it comes across as almost a possible try before we buy move, doesn't it, if it goes all well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like uh, James said, I didn't know much about him. It's, it's like a whole new whole new sort of uh, sea of players to sort of explore, isn't it, with uh, League, League 2 and National League players as well. I mean, we just got used to League 1, and then we've got to sort of find out a bit more about all these uh, hidden gems that are in the, in the conference that Everett's obviously seen and cast his BDI over over the last sort of season so yeah I had to google him but yeah it seems like we've got someone there who's who's had a bit of a tough spell had an ACL I think didn't he when he was at um was that was he at Carlisle and then he got released from Carlisle and then he went to Gateshead and then I obviously he got the injury at Gateshead was he Gateshead I think, I think Carlisle's that's I'm getting getting Jones mixed up with him I think but yeah so obviously someone who's had a bit of hardship and he's he's made it back to league football the, the, the hard way so um, I'm not sure exactly what you asked me, Tom. I'm just going off on a tangent, but there we go. No, I just, I just <laughs> wonder if, um, as we said, he's on loan, and as James said before, the lad is out of contract at Blackburn come the summer. And given that Ebert knows him quite well, it sort of comes across as a try before we buy kind yeah. of move. Let's Sorry, see yeah, if he yeah. does well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like I say, it makes makes total sense, doesn't it? And you wouldn't have thought, even if he did particularly well in League Two, Blackburn have got aspirations. Unfortunately for us, a lot higher than you know League One championships. So you know they're they're looking looking upwards, aren't they? So even if he does particularly well for us, you wouldn't have thought that there would be any much stopping us getting him on a free next summer. So like you say, it's a, it seems like a good deal all round. Yeah, he's 23 as well, so at an age where he really wants to be playing a lot of football. Eddie, do you see him being a regular starter? I know, obviously, Everton knowing him well would maybe make you think that he's got a chance of being part of the first team. But given the, the quality of midfielder that we seem to have in the squad at the moment, do you see him as being a starter or backup? I think it, it depends how pre-season goes, really. If we're seeing him in the starting 11s more in, uh, in the games closer to the season, then he, he probably stands a good chance of starting the season. He did, when he moved to Barrow last season, he did start every game forever up until uh, lockdown. So whether or not 
that that plays into it because he's a player who Everett obviously trusts and and already knows the the brand of football that Everett likes to play. So whether or not that plays a hand into it or not, it depends. But he's got a lot more competition than he would have done at Barrow. No offence to them, but you know we've signed some decent midfielders already, and we already had the likes of Crawford and Darcy. So I think he's going to find it tougher to start, but it it, it might play into his hand that he knows uh, Everett's style more than the other players. Yeah, James, given that um, White, even though, as we've said, we've admitted we don't know an awful lot about him, he comes across as maybe more of a creative type than a, than a holding midfielder. Given that we think that Sarcevic is almost guaranteed to be starting in what will be a, a two central midfield partnership there, would you expect someone who, a bit more of a holding player like Comley to be in there over a playmaker like White to try and balance the team out a bit more? Uh, perhaps, uh, though I think it's more Conley's um, passing stats that might nudge him in over White as well as his defensive work, but mm-hmm. consider, considering the style that Everett likes to play. Uh, yeah, if, if I had to if I had to pick anyone out of the team, he'd, his direct competition would probably be Sarsovic, and I don't envy the lad if he has to try and get in over Anthony, but you never know. Uh, I, I can only wish him well. Like like we said uh, previously, any any time you get um, you know multiple talented players in your squad, it's always a nice selection headache for the manager to have. And if it say for example, if Sarsfield has come off either either through tiredness or injury, it it'd be nice knowing that we have uh, someone reliable there in white to bring on, or vice versa. It's 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 something we've been missing for God knows how many years now in a Bolton squad. Yeah. Last thing I'd say on this, Lee, would you think that we maybe need another central midfielder, given that it appears that we've got Comley, Sarcevic and White to play in the two maybe more reserved roles and then Darcy and Crawford going forward? Would you like another one in there just for an extra option? I think it'd be prudent, wouldn't it? It's, it's a long season. Um, it's all condensed as well, isn't it? With the starting in 12th of September, is it? And then finishing sort of uh, sort of normal time, mid- middle of May, I think it is. So a lot of games to get through. Not sure how many of the cup competitions are going to go by the wayside, whether there'll be a JPT, whether you'll get games there. But I think two, three players to go into two is, is probably not enough. But then again, do you want to get have dissatisfied players on the on the on the bench who are not getting enough minutes? You know, it's it's, it's a difficult one. Squad management, obviously, um, to know really. But White's obviously someone who ever trusts and he knows him. Um, you know, he, but like you say, he's at the age where where he will expect to play a a, a good amount of games. So, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out. But I think it's uh, I think it would be prudent to get one more in in that area, whether that be a loney. Possibly, we'll 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 have to wait and see, but uh, I think it would be prudent. Yeah, yeah, I think it's even though we probably do need another one, it is good as James said to have a selection headache there. One position we didn't have a selection headache in at all was uh, either of fullback positions, which have both now been filled with at least one player. Eddie, I'll come to you on uh, Liam Gordon, who I think is probably it's fair to say the one that we're most excited about seeing based on the uh, the highlights reel that has been doing the rounds on YouTube and Twitter. He looks like a real prospect with a bit of pace. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, he's the Daniel Bratton of 2020. Looks the, uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, the but hopefully That's a lot better. A re- in per- uh, rewind podcast that. Oh, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully, he's a lot better in person. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't have the best of times at Dagenham, or he was in and out of the team. He got loaned out. Um, was it to Dartford last season? Yeah. Or yeah. Something like that. yeah. So for whatever reason, he wasn't playing in that team, but the the fans really seem to rate him and. He, he comes really rating, obviously, all the YouTube videos he's got. Plus, he's a Guyan and international and played at the Gold Cup last year against, and played against the likes of the USN, teams like that. And he, in that so, game, though, that, that's part of the highlights where he looks absolutely electric in that USA game. Yeah, and that's the most exciting thing. Someone from coming from a wing-back for defence who can burst into attack and create stuff on the wings, it's, it's really exciting to see because we've not had that kind of pace out wide for a, a long time, really. Especially at fullback position, we've had, you know, Dean Moxie, Andrew Taylor, and Andy Robinson oh. being the exception. But for long, for a long time, we've not really had that pace at fullback. So to bring in someone like Gordon, who's only twenty-one, who's got a lot of potential, and is really highly rated within the game, it's it's just all positive. Especially on a two-year contract as well, James, because we, we were saying in the chat. Um, given that he was linked with Wolves a while ago while he was still at Dagenham. It's almost like a Peterborough signing, this, isn't it? If we've given ourselves the possibility with a two-year contract, if he does do well at the end of this year, we could well sell him on for a reasonable amount of money to help fund the club going forward. Yeah, that's a good model to follow. Uh, I'd hope 
that age that his age uh, his age I should say and if it coincides with rising up the league I'd obviously prefer him to stay but yeah yeah I suppose that that's another option we could always take down further take further down the line uh watching watching from his highlights you've obviously mentioned that he's absolutely electric as well but he doesn't seem he seems pretty good with his with his feet in and around the box as well uh, he doesn't he seems like an okay crosser of the ball from what i've seen as well mm-hmm. which will be obviously obviously vital considering the amount of ta- attacking i'm expecting us to do this season which i can't believe i'm saying after last season um, <laughs> it's refreshing it, isn't it yeah exactly the, the, there's an understandable reason why why um why he's one of our most anticipated signings that we're going to be watching this season Maybe this is maybe, maybe this is probably the fairest comparison I have. He, he's got an air of Ricardo Gardner about him. I was exactly. I was just about to say that as well. Literally, when you came to me about him, but you stole my thunder. I totally agree. <laughs> totally I'll, agree let you, I'll let you take it away, then, Lee. Yeah, exactly. When I, we'll, we'll turn about the time, Lee doesn't he have a bit of Ricardo Gardner about him? <laughs> uh, well, not in his build. He's, he's quite powerful, isn't he? And Gardner was very mm-hmm. wiry when he came. Well, still, he was still wiry when he left us, but. Um, I, watching those highlights, specifically that um, America, the, the America USA game, you know, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. in the in the Gold Cup, where he was sort of marauding down the left, and he, he didn't sort of look to pay any respect to, a, you know, obviously a loftier team than than Guyana. Um, he just seemed to be fearless in the way he sort of attacked and just the rapid pace that we were talking about as well. The clips are obviously really, really encouraging. It makes you wonder why. No one else was really linked with him or came in for him, really. Like you say, the highlight reel might be better than reality, but let's hope that he, he sort of stands up to the, the highlights we we have been able to, to see from, from YouTube, which is probably the best way of looking at the players we sign these days because not many of us really have watched any of them live, I wouldn't have thought. So he's very uh, very exciting, Very looks very confident. His ability looks very sort of... Uh, very sort of driven to get forward as well. He, I liked a lot of his, his his crossing, like you just just touched upon. Yeah, he look he looks a complete package really for a left back and a left wing back, which which is where he'll play for us. And yeah, nothing but good things to sort of say about the signing really. Yeah. Even though he is another one who I had to Google. You know, like I'm, I sort of pride myself in the football knowledge, but it, <laughs> it it goes more. It's European rather than non-league, and you know, it's it's good that we're tapping into these markets like we. We 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 always should have done even when the championship you know we, we didn't tap into these markets and there are gem there's loads of gems out there which you know Peterborough like you just said as well Peterborough t- really tap into that market and it it's made them millions and made the club far more sustainable than it than it should be and far bigger than it should be so yeah. it's good. Do you good find it more have... encouraging, Lee, that we're we're going down that route rather than say go offering big contracts like Salford are doing to players who are probably above their station. Yeah, I think it's good to have a mix. Obviously, Sarsovic and Doyle were the first two signings, and then it didn't. He didn't really get sort of. He uh, didn't really think perhaps we were going to go down this route. But it's in, it's interesting that we've signed these players in the National League. Whoever's obviously come up against as a manager, maybe he's done a bit of bit of chatting to him after the game. Wondering, you know, obviously he didn't know what what was going to happen in his own career moving to Bolton. But you wonder whether he has a word with these players after the game, shaking hands, saying you were fantastic tonight. You know, just that kind of like forward planning maybe and it's it's interesting that we've gone down this route with with a number of our signings particularly in the last week or two and yeah i i think it's a great way to go i mean obviously the proof will be in the pudding i'm not mm. saying every every national league player can make the step up but i think there's very little difference between the national league and league two um what having watched you know a minimum minimal amount of games to be honest in, in the national league but when i have caught a few uh, i think kevin davis has been on sort of co-com a few times on bt sport and the standards the standard's not fantastic, and but it's not in League Two either. So I think these players, he's obviously identified the players who he thinks can make the step up, and let's just hope they can do. Absolutely. And playing devil's advocate, Eddie, as I, as I so often like to do with these, because I, I am excited about Gordon, and I'm only saying this just to spark up the possibility of a debate. He, he's clearly keen to go forward. Um, and Mark, I said in his uh, match report of the... Uh, the Atherton Collieries game that we will come on to later on, that he maybe had a few struggles with positioning. Are we worried about him defensively? I've said this the whole time since Ever took over, that maybe there's a bit too much of a focus on on attack, which, to be fair, he's he's addressed with his signings in recent weeks. But are we worried about a Josh Emanuel situation where, as much as he could be fun to watch, he could cost you? I think Everett's going to be a lot more um, drilled in training than Keith Hill was. And um, 
work on that shape be, a that lot won't more. Be difficult though, will it? No, absolutely not. No, I, I mean we're six weeks away from the season, so there's there's loads of time to get positioning right and strategies and uh, this, the, firmly the style of play that he wants to play instilled into the players. So I'm I'm not too worried about how he's done after one practice game. Um, I, I think. It's not Dean Moxie against Bromby. He was fucking dreadful. I went all the way to Denmark to watch that game, and he was absolutely awful. Well, I've said it it's before. The it. Watford game, first thirty yeah. seconds into his debut, passes Troy Deeney straight in on goal. Exactly. He's, he's, yeah, he's not. You know, Liam Gordon is not Dean Moxie. I don't think he's going to be that dreadful. I think we've got <laughs> six weeks to see how he's going to progress in training in these preseason games and. If, if he's as good going forward as he is now as he will be defensively in six weeks I think we'll have no problems whatsoever Absolutely, let's hope so I, th- I think there is a lot of excitement and let's hope that it's justified One that I think has split the fans a little bit and I'm certainly in the camp of to be honest with you I'm underwhelmed, James is the signing of Billy Krellin as our what appears to be our number one goalkeeper on loan from Fleetwood 20 years old obviously got reasonable pedigree at um, in England youth level Am I wrong to not be particularly convinced by this signing? I I can certainly understand it. I mean, obviously, it's it's pretty much giving a young keeper his first chance at professional football at serious competitive level. No offence to Chorley. I'll admit, I'm I'm sceptical myself, but if pedigree is anything to go by, he does seem like a Curtis level. And as has been brought up numerous times, Three of the promoted teams from last season, they all had keepers that were ranging from 21, 22, 23. So there's no harm in placing your faith in a young keeper. And especially especially if he suits Everett's style of play, which coming across from his own interview and uh, and Everett's interview, commenting on Krellin, he seems to suit. He seems like a goalkeeper that is going to be good with his feet and... And the Does that worry you at all? Does that worry you in a, in a League Two season where you know there could be a lot of pressure from uh, you know the fans, given that we're desperate to get promoted, and if he makes the odd mistake, they could be on his back very quickly because obviously playing out from the back is quite a high risk strategy. Maybe, maybe, but if 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 it's the type of football we want to play, it's it's a risk that we're going to have to be taking, and you, you know, ah. Um, uh, Bloody hell, that, that is a tough question because I'm, I'm I am used to I'm I am flashing back to like you know like Matthew's mistake against Wigan and I'm just thinking Jesus Christ I don't want to keep Billy Crow yeah, to do I anything think, I think like unless, that. This is the thing I think fair, fair play where it's sorry credit where it's due with Matthews. Matthews seemed to recover from mistakes fairly well, even though there were an absolute load of them, which is why I didn't want him to resign for this season because you know in what we're hoping to be a title charge, you can't really afford a keeper who's going to let in. 10 goals that realistically are avoidable over a season. But Lee, you know, I, I just look at it and think I would probably have preferred an experienced keeper in between the sticks, but maybe that's why Matt Jilks is there to try and give this lad a bit of, uh, bit of confidence, especially given there's a Fleetwood connection between the two of them. But I, I denied, I think when you're pushing for, in such a really high-pressure situation, I'm not sure I want a kid between the, between the sticks. If I was going to do that, I'd have had Matty Alexander maybe. Yeah, possibly. Um, I'll just, you've just, I'll just, I'll, honestly, I wasn't, I'm not just making up that I was going to say about the Fleetwood and Jilts connection, mm-hmm. connection, which I think is a really smart, smart move. I think uh, I was going to bring that up, but basically, having someone who's been obviously, and I think was he was he sort of goalkeeper coach stroke player last season for Fleetwood. Yeah, I think he was like third string goalkeeper behind uh, Cranon and Cairns last That's year. That's it. Yeah. So so Gilks was obviously oh Gilks Gilks and not Gilks, um, but um, Gilks obviously someone who's been there and done it and so sort, of, sort of been been around for a long long time in in league football and he's he's there to help Crellin hopefully through any bad patches he has and perhaps step in for him if, if he is if the pressure is getting to him a little bit as well so whether that's that's an option we don't know whether he's just really there as an emergency keeper that we'd have to register in in case of injury to to um, to Alexander and Krellin we, we don't really know the, I don't really know the scenario behind uh, Jilks obviously coming into the club on the playing side but um, it is good that we've got someone there who, who he knows who he can sort of lean on for advice and and just you know a bit of a, a shoulder to to lean on for you know anything that he needs really so i think that that will certainly help uh obviously he's got a, like you say he's got a very good pedigree um playing for england's youth teams but obviously we've had keepers like jake turner and jake and uh, james aspinall who've played for england youth teams um who've never 
pushed on and amounted to much. Even when they've left the club, they're not really making first team appearances anywhere. So it doesn't doesn't always follow. There's not a, there is a bit of a dearth of good English, good young English keepers. So just because he's played a few games here and there doesn't doesn't make me think he's going to be fantastic. But just have to wait and see and see what he's like. He certainly talks a good games. Interview comes across really well. well he did actually. I was going to say that he, he seemed like he seemed really mature for his age. Yeah, and uh, I just think he. Yeah, I've just got to give him a go. I mean, he is, he is very young, but like our uh, uh, our own Finnish keeper's son, Willie Askelein, and he, he proved to be good enough for crew. Um, I can't remember the top of my head who Plymouth and uh, who else went up from League Two? Was it Swindon. Who was Swindon's keeper? Was he a young, young lad as well? Yeah, he was 21, oh. I think. I yeah, well, it was uh, another loan, another loan, I think, wasn't he? But um, yeah, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Keepers are a bit of an exception to the rule generally, but we are seeing a lot younger keepers coming through even the bigger clubs like Kepa obviously not particularly well received for Chelsea but he's a very young keeper and it is seems to be the trend that they're throwing keepers in younger and younger rather than, than sort of uh, having having their apprenticeship and coming through in the mid to late 20s keepers do tend to be coming through a bit younger so yeah, we'll I think see Dean, I think Dean Henderson would have been a better example because Sheffield United yeah. started playing him at around 20, 20 21 when we Absolutely, were in League yeah. 1 so, and look how he's risen so Maybe Crowley well, could be the same. Yeah, well, he started off it. He, he went to Shrewsbury first, didn't he? And had a good season. Was in the playoffs with Shrewsbury, I think, Henderson before he went to Sheffield United. Yeah, they had a properly good side when they got to the playoff final. Yeah, they did. Mm. So, I mean, like I say, it's, it's just, just a case of let's give him a go. Ever obviously trusts him and we trust Ever at the moment. We've, we've not had a reason not to. We've won our <laughs> only game 3 0. We've not had a reason to. We've not been scarred by him like we've been scarred. The amount of comments on this pod already about Moxie and. And Remy Matthews' mistakes, we've, we've been scarred so much this past 10 years. You were so we're keen just... to call him Remistake then, weren't you? Remistake nearly <laughs> did, but his uh, 10 years worth of, of heartache and, and terrible performances generally nearly every season, apart from one League One campaign where we squeaked home. And we've been scarred, haven't we, by players? So we've, yeah. got, we've got a fresh bunch of lads and we've got a new manager. Let's just look yeah. forward and be positivity. Yeah, but, yeah. but last, last, last point before you move to Eddie. Plus, um, ever ever also has to trust Jilks as well, considering that they were former teammates. So if anyone's exactly, going to yeah. know, it, uh, be able to know who can keep Krellin down and keep him mature and keep him, you know, informed, it's going to be, it's going to be Jilks and Everton knows that. Yeah. I mean, jobs for the boys worked out brilliantly for Keith Hill, but we'll, uh, we'll not go there. <laughs> um, Eddie, all I was going to say is when it came to Krellin, obviously there is the doubts over the experience. There's doubts over whether or not he can cope with the pressure of, of this environment because, as we've said, you know, no disrespect to Fleetwood or um, Chorley, this is a completely different ball game when, you, when you're the goalkeeper of Bolton Wanderers with the kind of fixation they'll be this season given that we're the, the big fish in, in, in League Two. He obviously comes across quite well talking about Yussi and saying how he was one of his, um, one of his heroes, but do, do you think that he is the kind of person given that he clearly recognises the size of this club, can cope with that pressure. I, I just, I, I, it seems to me as though, unless he's been given assurances by Everton that he's going to be the starting goalkeeper here, then he's not going to want to be sat on the bench. This is his move, as Joe Barton said, to really progress in the game. Can he cope with that at Bolton Wanderers? You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I don't think uh, Everton and Tobias Phoenix would be signing players he wouldn't think would be able to cope with the pressure of the joining the club, um, because I think so. A couple of players over recent years probably have uh, fallen under the pressure of expectation of the fans and other aspects and whatever. Um, but yeah, what I did like about Krellin, as you mentioned, was the his interview with the, the on YouTube at the official site. It, obviously, as you mentioned, he named dropped Yossi and said obviously he'd done this research and how many games he'd played and was really excited to like following his footsteps and. Um, uh, we've heard from the Aberton, uh, the yeah the Everton game. Uh, he was very vocal, telling his defenders where to go and uh, shut back in instructions. So he's clearly not worried about you know shouting at older players or throwing himself in the deep end and trying to be that leader at the back, which we could be guilty of. You say you could be guilty of saying we've not had in recent years a real vocal goalkeeper. Um, so even at a young age, he's already showing he's probably got the maturity to take on the, the number one spot, um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Looking at all these signings, it's a young team, so maybe, maybe that'll help in terms of settling in, given that he's not surrounded by dinosaurs like, like David Wheater and Jack Hobbs, etc. Um, but he will be surrounded by a fairly intimidating presence in Ricardo Santos in front of him, whose interview was a bit different to Credence when he said, I don't know much about the club when I walked in. Believe that, uh, not at all. But 
at six foot six, we're not going to argue with him, are we, James? He's a very, very imposing figure that we're going to have at the back for us. Oh, he's an absolute mountain of a man, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> if he didn't win every header that came his way, I'll be disappointed. Um, but but coming uh, from the from the interview that the interviews that have been given, he sounds like quite quite mobile for his size, which would be very welcome if he does. Another be... one in the highlights reel who looked like he had a bit of turn of pace as well. Yeah, exactly, and. and He's considering he'll be our our right centre back. He he has to be the person that might have to mop up after our um. Say say if say if our right wing back makes a mistake, he has to be able to mop up that and and having good mobility that he that he apparently has, that that'll only be benef- that'll only be beneficial in do in doing that. So yeah, I I it's just another one of those where I can't really say much about him because I haven't seen him play but it's just nice having a Portuguese lad called Ricardo in the team again <laughs> not bad at all yeah Lee where do you see him playing do you see him given that he's six foot six you presume he'd be the central um centre half but I think and as James says he could well be the right-sided player using that extra mobility yeah you mean the central of the three or the right of the three yeah uh, I think be... I think yeah. well this is the thing on the central of the three at the moment you probably presume that Ryan Delaney is going to take that spot but again at six foot six you're not exactly going to say him no if he wants to play there yeah it's hard, it's hard to say where exactly he'll fit in and in, in the battle line because of, so it's going to depend on on opponents as well you know I'd say most teams tend to play one up front these days don't they so even even lower down so it's hard to know you know you might have Often have two centre backs sort of quite spare and be looking to progress the ball from from deep and make progressive passes really. But um, yeah, look, looking at his highlights again, he looks like he's got a decent. He he doesn't look too cumbersome for his height. It's difficult not to look a little bit cumbersome. Um, <laughs> but, but given given he's you know he's six six is he six six or six, six four six, six yeah six. yeah I thought so. I saw, I saw someone put a six four on Twitter today. But I thought that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's uh, again I, I'd heard of him at least I'd I'd heard of him. I knew he'd been at Peterborough. I knew that Barnett had signed him for, for some I think hundred grand. So which I'm surprised they were able to pay that fee. But it's a few years ago now. So yeah, he's. Worries me slightly that no one sort of picked him up in the last couple of years at Barnet. Um, if he's been that good, but then again, you know, it's uh, maybe an underscouted league. Yeah, I was going. I was going to say that I think um, with, with Santos, it might be a little bit of a concern given that he was at League One with uh, with Peterborough and had been there for two years, and then ends up at Barnet in the National League. Are we concerned, Eddie, that no one decided to pick Perhaps him up I, after I, that? I don't know. I mean, there's, there's... Um, I'm not sure to be honest he's obviously one of these players who uh, Peterborough picked up for cheap a couple of years ago and obviously they've got this transfer strategy haven't they of turning players into gold mines and selling them on for millions of pounds and obviously he wasn't one of those players and went to Barnet and fell back down to the National League but maybe he just wasn't at the right age to make his grade in the league and you know he's 25 now he's had, he's had time a couple of years in the conference so Maybe he's got enough experience, and maybe he feels like now's the time to jump back into league football. And maybe Ian Everett's style will suit him more as a player. So, uh, yeah. No, it's certainly one that I think has been met with a bit more excitement as well, along with the you know the other signings that we've made, like Gordon, for example. Some of them have been a bit tempered in terms of the reaction, but I think there's a bit of an excitement about a big lad like Santos coming in, um, especially given that we missed out James on Honoré Asse, if, if that's how you say his name, who's gone to, to Scunthorpe. Again, we don't know an awful lot about him either. Would it worry you at all that maybe Santos was the the second option? Mm, um, possibly, possibly, but it, but in my opinion, if if he was still on Everts' radar anyway, then he has to have something about him, and he has he has to be able to be be able to play to whatever Everts wants him to do. So, well, maybe Honoré Ass might be a loss to a to another League Two club. I don't see it as I don't see having Santos be the second option as a bad thing. So it'll just be, it's it's just it's just an it's just just another player. So no, exactly. Yeah. We need we need we need squad. We need a bigger squad. Sorry, basically at this moment. Although I think, um, am I right in saying that we now have twenty two contracted players? Lee, you're the one who has the the list on on your notes section of your phone. I think yeah yeah I think it was twenty when Santos signed. So yeah, we should have twenty two now. So yeah, we need to ship some people out. Basically, I think is the the long and the short of that. Um, given that we have who is it now? Adam Senior, uh, Liam Edwards. Um, I'm, I'm 
Some other King, King Harms as well, who are probably all, all considered contracted players. Do you, do you think Farl could go to try and make room in that squad? Um, no, I don't. No, I don't see Farl leaving myself. Um, I think it's going to be fairly difficult to get um, stri- strikers in, especially. And Farl deserves his chance to try and step up, especially after Hill played in for the first two games, essentially out of position, and then then just kind of left him in the void to rot on the bench for the for the rest of his time. So. And it, he's apparently supposed to be another non-league gem. I mean, I mean, we'll even see, won't we? yeah, even if it was like a seven for eight tier side that he joined, tw- you can't ignore twenty-four goals in twenty-five games. That that that's a that's a good record. And if he is able to even translate two-thirds of that, shall we say, to, to League Two level, that would be honestly that would be a coup and a half. So, but yeah, no, that would be. That'd be great, that. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, all I was going to say is moving on. So it's always nice to have a Welshman in the team from uh, from my perspective. And we've got possibly the Welshest sounding name in the history of Welsh sounding names in Gethin Jones, even though he was born in Perth, Australia. Go figure. Um, he comes with good references uh, from a lot of Carlisle fans that I know and Carlisle fans we've seen on Twitter. But they saw him as more of an out-and-out right-back. So does that worry you, given that he seems to be going to be playing wing-back, Lee? Uh, not so much. It's it's a fairly transferable uh, position, isn't it? I suppose right back to right just means you need to be reasonably good going forward as a right back. Um, obviously, there's another one who I, I had heard of him. I think, did he play against us in the um, Johnston Paints when we were in League One for Everton? Was he still at Everton then? I he might have done it. I, I, I yeah. think he might have played for us against Fleetwood. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, again, another one that I, I don't know an awful lot about, but I had I had heard his name in passing. Um, Carlisle fans, like you say, tend to think he's more of a, a steady right back rather than anything else. But I noticed he scored three in ten for Fleetwood, so mm-hmm. it shows he's got an eye for goal um, potentially there. I'm not sure what the goals were like, but it, that's in, that's encouraging that he at least scored a few a few for Fleetwood. Um, yeah, like you say, we we'll have to again another one. We'll just have to. Trust Everett's judgment. Maybe was he was he absolutely first choice at right wing back? We're not sure. Will he be first choice at right wing back? We're not sure. We've only got one of them at the moment. We, obviously, we've been linked with uh, uh, the lad Hickman, who uh, didn't cover himself in glory on on the internet and uh, from he used to play for Coventry. But he's, uh, I think, he's going to be someone who you know again it's a good age to sort of push on with his career. He's obviously looking to to get you know regular game time and um, yeah, I think he's. Uh, like, like I say, we're just going to have to see what he's like and uh, and trust Everett's judgment on him, really. But uh, I don't think it's too worrying that he's mainly been right back so far. I think as long as he he says in his interview, he's, he he likes to get he sort of mentioned mainly about going forward and being powerful. He sort of mentioned that he was very powerful. So we'll see yeah, he liked power- that word, didn't he? He did. Yeah. <laughs> see see how powerful he is on the on the pitch. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it's encouraging. He's obviously got a good ground in at Everton. Uh, a lot of Everton Youth Academy products have played in the EFL and have done well for themselves. Um, so, Just like yeah, the relegation so... expert, Joe Williams. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but rather un- rather unlucky this season, some would say. But um, yeah, there's plenty of them who've done well from Everton, you know, coming through that sort of uh, that, that Youth Academy. So let's hope he's another one that uh, can push on with us. Absolutely. I, th- I think um, it- it's a shame that it seems as though Harry Brookbank's not going to get his chance because I know we, we were sort of mentioning the people who might well get loaned out. Eddie, given that Jones has been brought in and we are linked with Hickman, there's even the modicum of, of possibility that Emmanuel could come come back. Do you think that sort of spells danger for Harry Brockbank? Do you see him playing at centre-half, maybe? Uh, who knows, really? I, I, he played a, a lot of positions for the under-23s. I think he played right-back and uh, central defensive midfield as well. So he, he could find uh, a position away from centre-half if ever decides to go with one of the newer signings. Um, but I'm sure he'll, he'll get his chance in pre-season and hopefully he proves his worth um, and gets a fair crack because he was um, he got a couple of games in the Championship when he made his debut and then um, was out of the team in League One, I think down to injury, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was unfortunate yeah. as well because I think he was one of the few young whites who came across as they could really do a job for us over the course of that season. But I think yeah, it was unfortunate for him that Emmanuel played so well. 
Yes, uh, yeah, when he came back in Emmanuel was doing good. Um, I think that was just the same for a couple of uh, young players. Connor Hall obviously never got his chance and obviously he's never going to play for Bolton again. And the same with Leon Edwards. He, he seemed to get injured when he was doing well and Keefe never really saw the best of him. Um, but hopefully Brock Bank will get his chance. Yeah, I think I think he's probably due it, to be fair, but I'm not sure if he can maybe cut it at right wing back. He's not shown to me that that necessarily is a role that he could step into, but as, as Lee says, the, the skills are, are transferable. James, the way he's been described, Gethin Jones, is that he's a solid 7 out of 10 player, which, you know, every... every title-winning side needs. You need, you know, your steady eddies of your Gary Nevels for as much as you need your Cristiano Ronaldo's. Um, do we need someone like that more than we need a Cavalier fullback like Emmanuel? Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, if he's a solid 7 out of 10 most matches, then you can't really complain, even if he doesn't sound the, sound nearly as exciting as Emmanuel going forward. Uh I suppose that means he can def he can he's definitely assured in his defensive duties at least if if the Carlisle fans saw him as an out and out right back so I, I I guess you can't complain one of the what though one of the interesting things that I did have to note is that he was only offered a one year deal though there is the option to extend it if he does well mm-hmm. so so that tells me that he might not be the the starting right back right wing back though. The, the, it is interesting that I wonder what you were going to make of that because I I read into it that maybe um, he thought that he would have the you know the option of finding something better than us rather than um, him not having that much of assurances for, as a starting role. Maybe um, it's hard to tell at the moment. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't I don't really know what to not to make of Geffen Jones. I don't I don't really have any basis to go on. I didn't know of him before he signed. He he kind of came. I, I only really heard of him the day before he signed, and I've not had, I've not had much chance to look him up to be honest. But if he no, I think the, given the given that we're recording the podcast sort of on the evening of when you know these players have signed, you know, given that this is um, you know Tuesday the fourth of August, and we've had two players today, two players yesterday. This all come at you quite fast to the point that we were, didn't really see an awful lot of these coming. If you hadn't been at the Atherton Coles game at the weekend, then you didn't really know that these players were, were going to be brought in. Even though the rumor mill with Bolton seems to be be quite fast, but I think with, with, with Jones, it's just one of those sort of standard League Two lieutenants that maybe we, we needed to bring in. You, you mentioned Hickman Lee. I think Jones seems more like the the steady Eddie rather than the big risk. I mean, let's be honest, Hickman has to be. The best thing is sliced bread to warrant being put into the team based on his attitude, don't you think? Yeah, it's uh, well, just going off one video when he was drunk two years ago, whenever it was now, it's, it's hard to say, but we have had him in on trial, haven't we? So it looks likely I mean, we've pretty much signed nearly everyone that we could decipher who's been on trial, apart from perhaps Tut in midfield, which we don't think that'll go any further, but pretty much everyone we've had in on, you know, in, in sort of uh, exclamation marks trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, again, so obviously we've only had one game to play trialists, so it's it's difficult to say whether some of these players were were really trialists. I think Santos was always going to sign for us. It wasn't particularly a trial; it was just he was playing for us, and we hadn't had, we hadn't announced it because of maybe the ESL ratification, possibly. But yeah, it's it's difficult to say with with Hickman um, whether he'll be someone whose uh, attitudes change since he was obviously made infamous by the uh, by the by the video on Twitter and. That went viral, but um, yeah, who knows? I mean, say Jones and Hickman sounds a little bit underwhelming, perhaps. Uh, perhaps we do need someone with a bit more, bit more experience in that role in a, you know, in an EFL club, perhaps. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Like, like pretty much every signing we've made. Exactly. It's, it's one of as you say, we're fishing in a pond that we don't really know particularly well, which you yeah. know, maybe maybe doesn't make for the best podcast listening. But I think um, we're, <laughs> we're, we're trying our best, at, given that I reckon most Bolton fans are in exactly the same boat as we are. But we talk about not knowing about people. We talk about left field, re-screenage coming in today. For the best part of, what is it, three weeks, Eddie, we thought it was Jordan Greenidge, the ex-Stoke striker that we were looking at. Turns out it was his brother, who's been playing in the third division over in, um, in Norway, is it? Where yeah. on earth has this come from? Yeah, it was an odd one, wasn't it? Because our uh, source on Twitter was uh, led us to believe that it was Jordan Greenish, the big six foot four Stoke, ex Stoke striker. So we were all thinking that we were getting this 
big striker in on trial and it turns out it was his brother who's um, an even bigger yeah. centre half <laughs> yeah he's, he's an absolute giant at centre half because um, as we had, you know we, we knew that a Greenwich had played at Aberton on Saturday and people had come you know put two and two together and got five and thought that Greenwich was playing that like Jordan Greenwich was playing centre half for whatever reason and yeah, it only came to light in it earlier today that it was actually his, his brother, um, which is an interesting, interesting one, really. I, um, I caught of a couple of his highlights on YouTube. He, of course, you uh, did. Yeah, like like every other player, because that's the only way we're going to learn, isn't it? Uh, with these players, um, it's a like, team full of Brattons. Absolutely. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, that's an away fan terrorist chant I've ever heard one. Team full of Brattons. Uh but yeah, he's he's very left-footed. Um, uh, but he does have a turn of pace and does like to play out wide in a back three for uh, is it Arundel? Was that the team uh, in the yeah, it's Disney yeah. sounding club I've ever heard? Yeah, that's still uh, going over my head, James. I've got no idea what you're talking it, about. It just sounds like a so, sound in a Disney film, doesn't it? Arundel. Hmm. Isn't that something to be frozen? I don't Probably. Know. I'm, not I'm not seeing it. You, you be the expert, Lee. I'm, I'm, I'm no idea, mate. I'm afraid. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> of course you've not. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, he, he did have pedigree growing up, didn't he? He started at Arsenal and then went to West Brom, and for whatever reason, it didn't work. He dropped into non-league, and then it didn't work there, and then he's gone to Norway. So they must have seen, either Tobias Phoenix or he never seen something to bring him in on trial. And then they've, they've had him in for two, three weeks now, so they've obviously seen enough to warrant signing him on a two-year deal. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to start though. Is he? Is he, James? Given that he's, as we've said, he's a very, very left-footed signing, and we brought in George Taft, who probably thought that that left-hand side of the back three was going to be made his own. So he could well just be be back up for that position, couldn't it? It, it, does, it does seem like a punt in that in that respect. Well, of, well, of course it is. I mean, we're signing a guy who who we confuses his brother for three weeks. So, <laughs> but it's but it's a but it's a potential low risk, but a possible high reward situations like some of these players that leave these academies they bloom they bloom um later on in their career when they've had a bit of lower league lower leagues experience maybe it's the case with um reese greenish that he's that he's finally started learning the tactical side of the game and everts finally ever might finally be the manager that can push him to the level that 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 he'll be viable as a um as a as an efl player that I mean, you. I mean, you don't stick around in, in Arsenal and West Brom academies if you don't have something about you. So, uh, so I, I can only hope that Everett gets you out of him. I'm not bothered about him being too left-footed, to be honest. No, no. I, I think the system that we've we've sort of got for ourselves maybe suits a player who's who's going to be playing out from the back. There's nothing worse than having, you know, someone being put a square peg put in a round hole. There, I think I think what worked well with Bolton back in League One was having the right foot left foot partnership of Weeter and Beavers. Lee, would you have preferred someone a bit more uh, experienced that we know about, like a Reese Bennett, maybe, rather than someone who's just come from massively left field? I mean, he's an enormous defender, so clearly he's going to be able to put himself about. Oh, yeah, it looks like we're going for the tallest ever uh, centre-back threesome in him, Delaney and uh, Santos, doesn't it? I, I must must have broke, must be breaking some records if them three play together at some point. But All I'm saying yeah. is if we ever concede from a set piece, then I'm ripping up my season ticket straight away. Yeah, someone, someone's head just because you told them and you can edit well. But, um, <laughs> so, Sat night. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> case in point. But uh, yeah, like I say, he's, uh, we, everyone thought it was his brother and perhaps we'll sign his brother now he's gone there, you never know. But um, he's someone who's... He's obviously got, like you say, some pedigree with being at Arsenal. West Brom's a good academy as well. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I literally haven't had time to research him one little bit because we signed him and I've been working and I've come straight on the pod after me down in my chilli. So, pretty much, that's what we like uh, to see. I've literally, I literally didn't even have time to Google him. I'd have been driving and Googling, which is illegal, <laughs> kids. So, um, so, basi- <laughs> so, basically, yeah, he's, he's someone, like, like you said, Tommy, he's a punt, isn't he? He's someone... Um, but generally, when you when you sign a punt, you generally sign him for a year, don't you? So it's funny that we're giving him two years. We obviously see ever see something in him that he can improve. He's obviously got a good attitude, willing to go go up to to Norway. It's been mainly sort of Ostersons in that area of the world where people, where young English kids have gone to try and learn the trade under various English managers, Graham Potter, obviously, and, and the chap who's followed, followed him's English. Can't remember his name, but um, yeah, he's gone over to Scandinavia. He's gone. 
gone to learn his trade and didn't realise he was quite that low down the Norwegian sort of league pyramid. Which yeah, neither is, did I. But... I was a little concerned when I saw that. Yeah, slightly yeah, played slight for a second tier side. I think it was. Oh, under, has it? I think it was on. Yeah, yeah. Well, before he joined Arendelle, I think it was there was a second tier side called a. Uh, Spongo, which I believe is managed by the former Leeds defender Eric Backe. So right, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, so, yeah. Probably, so, so that's where he probably could have learned his trade initially. Yeah, let's like, say it's it's another interesting one. We don't think he's going to be first choice because, like you say, Taft's less sorted, and he's certainly been signed, definitely been signed as first choice. I think so. Having had the experience in League Two, captain Cambridge, etc. So. I would be very surprised if he starts, but you always need backup. If you're playing three centre-hours, you do need six. Um, perhaps one of them could be somebody who doesn't you know, potentially expect that amount of minutes. A bit like Greenwich, may, may not expect to play much, may expect to play in the League Cup in the Johnson Paints if it's still there. That kind of thing. So, you know, we'll see. He may even go on loan for, for a month to a conference side, just or conference north side, just to give, give him a bit of experience back in the English League pyramid. Who knows? But he's someone we signed for two years, so Everett obviously sees him improving at least, and and you know he's someone who literally never heard of him, never heard of him until today. And like I say, I'm I'm getting to know a lot more players, and I've heard of a lot of ex academy kids in Marcel West Brom. But is he is he 23? Did you say Tom? 24. He's 24. Think, off, so off, he's... off the top of my head, yeah. So it's a good while ago when he was probably in the Arsenal system, which is probably before my getting back into football manager days. So, um, so yeah, they say he's someone who's not not known to really anyone, which uh, is surprising when you know we, we give someone like that a two-year deal. But again, familiar theme. We've got to uh, got to trust Everett's judgment, and you know he might he may. Can't imagine he's on the biggest wage in the world coming from the Norway is, third division. To be honest with you, mate. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anyone is. But I'd imagine he'd be on one of the smaller wages in the in in the, in the squad coming from the Norway third division. He must just be absolutely delighted to sign for for a club the size of ours. Um, you know, I think I saw a little bit about his interview talking about the culture and and you know the greats that we've we've had in the Premier League era. So at least he knows about the club, unlike unlike Ricardo Santos. But we'll we'll give we'll, <laughs> we'll give we'll give Santos a passing as he's. He's obviously he's Portuguese, isn't he? With that thick, thick London accent. But, uh, <laughs> Just like Phil Murray, yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, like I say, it's another one of those signings which we'll took it and see, and I'm sure we'll see him in. Perhaps at first we'll probably see him coming into the into the team in maybe cup games. Um, yeah, and under 23s, perhaps he'll make an appearance, and we'll just take it from there with him. Yeah, it's quite fun, this, isn't it? Really, you know, looking yeah. at all these players that we we, we don't know, and we, we sort of it, it adds to the excitement of the season. Exactly. I, 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 especially when you consider that um, we've sort of got a bit of a multicultural team now with uh, with Santos, as you say, with his London Portuguese. Uh, Comley is from Montserrat, if memory serves. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gordon Guyana, um, Greenwich could also play for Guyana, so we, we could be looking at doing a Burton and postponing some fixtures illegally, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, it think... really feels like we're rebuilding from from completely from the ground up, pulling all these players from out out of nowhere to you know to to try and push us back up the league. It, it, it's it, obviously this is before my time, but it feels like it feels like the late eighties, early nineties when we're just signing all signing all these all these players that have that just need their second chance and and they just end up pushing us to further and further heights. It's it's real, like you say, it's really exciting. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Eddie, all I would say on this is where do, where do you think we need to strengthen more? I, I would probably point towards the fullback positions because that's been well documented. But I think we're leaving ourselves a little bit light up front, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think if you're, if you're only counting Doyle and Fowl as the two strikers, obviously Politic could probably play through the middle, and he did on Saturday. Uh, but you'd probably want a bit more experience up top and. Uh, maybe we could bring someone in um, who's you know been in around league and league one, league two, who doesn't mind being the backup striker. Um, but I think that's that's one. Uh, <coughs> Chris O'Grady, <coughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not him. Um, and I, I know he played against Everton, but I don't know how far along in his recovery Reese Turner is, um, and how, you know whether or not he'd be up for, to be playing league football or not. I'm I'm guessing he'll be given a good chance to see if he can make the grade or not, but maybe it'll be someone further down the line, maybe someone who play in another behind-closed-doors game uh, soon that could uh, come in, you never know. 
I just worry that with Doyle being the only real recognised striker, I think if you know the worst happened, he managed to get himself injured, we could be left very, very toothless up front. So I'd, I'd like to see Ebert strengthen there. You, we've mentioned the the Coles game sort of quite a lot throughout the throughout the podcast, and obviously Doyle scored a very, very good goal in that game. Do, uh, Politic scored a good goal by all accounts, and there was also a member of the trialist clan who scored, who our spy, who I won't name, Reese Jones, um, was unable to uh, to identify. Have we got any ideas who that might be? We, I think we've narrowed it down to possibly being someone called Bright Amoateng. Um, he's a he's a for, he's a former Liverpool academy. Then he got moved to uh, Berry's academy, obviously before Berry got expelled from the league, and so they had to shut down their academy. And he did play a couple of of our under-23 games for us, but I don't think we took him on further than that. But it seems like he has returned. And, it, I mean, if he scored a goal as as it was documented, as good as it was documented, then maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe maybe he might get something. Although I doubt he, although I doubt he'd play that much if he was signed. So doesn't necessarily fit the mould, that's the thing. I think you, you keep the, the fairly comprehensive list of trial lessons, etc. Lead. I presume Amoateng was one that you'd heard of before. His name was banded around the chat. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly how many times he, he featured for his last season in the 23s. I did think at one point that, um, not that I saw the player, obviously, um, play it other things I wasn't there, but oh, mm-hmm. I, wasn't peer- I wasn't peering over a fence but, uh, <laughs> or a wall. Or peering through a fence with a little hole or whatever, a peephole. But um, yeah, I thought he might have been uh, Oluwali Tanimowo, but I've been told he's gone up to Scandinavia, I think, as well, hasn't he? So it wasn't him. So yeah, like I say, if we sign someone who's raw and got talent, who a lot of lot of teams won't have come up against, and he might be a bit of a wild card, whereas he won't expect to play. It's difficult when you've got someone like Doyle who's guaranteed to start with, you know, with with this pedigree and the fact that obviously he's hundred percent going to play every game if he's fit, um, and rightly so with his record in the division, this division particularly. But in relation to bringing another striker in, it depends if we're going to play. I don't know if Everett played two absolute out and out strikers like two almost number nines, or whether he played like a ten behind a nine for Barrow. What could Politic be the number ten, and then you've got sort of file coming off the bench for a tiring Doyle and making cameos. The issue that I'd have there though, what happens if um, Crawford, you want Crawford to be a ten or you want Darcy to be a ten? We're yeah. sort of quite stocked in that area. We are, we are a bit, aren't we? I think, I think Politic's future lies in the middle. But then again, if we've got wing backs, how wide is? Are we going to play a wide? You know, a winger as such. If we've got wing backs, unlikely because it's you can't have four. Well, you can have four positions on the on the on the wide because what's a four four two? But anyway, I'm waffling on. But there, you know, in relation to to bringing strikers in, if we are going to sort of have a main number nine in, in Doyle, it's going to be difficult to attract someone at a good level for this league because they know they're going to be playing second fiddle to Doyle in that sense. Depends the type of player that he wants to partner with Doyle as to who we're going to be able to bring in alongside him. Obviously, Doyle dovetailed very well with Jerry Yates in, in League Two, and by all accounts, he was like a more of a hard running, uh, did all the sort of legwork for Doyle uh, in that partnership. So, whether whether he sees Fowl as that person, who knows? It's, it's going to be difficult to, to sort of say off Fowl's uh, sample size, you know, just going off non league Enfield, really. So, it is. It's a difficult one to know whether we need four strikers or whether we just need maybe three. Um, you, you know, it's it's getting that balance. It's difficult getting the balance of having a, a really happy squad that they're all getting minutes or whether uh, and having enough backup for the squad in total if if, if injuries do hit. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to see whatever thinks in that uh, in that sense. But I've got every confidence in him to make the right right call and who he brings in and what sort of balance you know the the ages of the strikers, the experience they've had. You know, I've got every confidence in him that that he'll make the right call on it. Absolutely, I think um, we've got to trust in him until proven otherwise, which you know could come in October by the time the fans get back into the stadium. We'll see how we start the season. September the twelfth will probably be the first first time. Yeah, grum- <laughs> exactly. Grum- ten, ten minutes into the game when we were two down to Harrogate at home. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the last thing I'd just like to cover, gents, before before we head off, I think we've had a very, very thorough discussion about all these new signings, 10 already, and I think we're probably expecting to bring in a few more. It's been a very, very busy summer thus far. Obviously, Bolton released their, their new kit um, yesterday. That'll be Monday the 3rd of August. Um, they'd obviously given us a, quite a few sneak previews of it, so it was fairly obvious what the kit was going to look like. 
just to sum up your thoughts, boys, I know it's just a fairly standard Bolton kit, but people want to hear this kind of stuff. Eddie, what did you make of it? Uh, yeah, it's quite nice, isn't it? It's um, kind of like the one we had last season, uh, better made, and obviously we ain't got a sticky on badge anymore, <laughs> which is nice. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just a, sh- uh, a show of class, that isn't it, really? Yeah, it's just yeah, slightly nicer than we had last season. A little extra bit of panache on the on the uh, shoulders, and yeah, that's about it. Isn't it? Spoken like a true fashionista, J- James. What do you make of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I pretty much echo Eddie's sentiments. Um, I'm I'm much prefer an embroidered badge to a to a sticky on one that that degrades in the wash after a few times. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, it's a Bolton kit. It's a Bolton kit. I was going to give. I will say. I will say. I was just going to put you on the spot, mate. Yeah, I will say um, though that the the Home and Bargain sponsor doesn't really interfere with 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 the kit, which which was nice. That was a smart design choice because I know some people have been grumbling about how the Home and Bargain's logo could just take away from how the kit looks itself but I don't think but I think it works well enough with with the colour scheme no, I, I think it's perfectly adequate especially given that there's loads of uh, blue and red on there Leo all I was going to say to you maybe the more interesting question w- would you prefer just the plain white kit maybe like harking back to 2003-04 that kind of time yeah maybe I, I won't be buying it I'm 36 turning 37 I've got, <laughs> I've, got, I've, got I've got a beer belly I ain't going to buy a shirt with with the uh, Greenage on the back, Greenage sixty eight on the back, or whatever number it'll be. I'll only be buying it if we if we win the title. I'll buy the shirt when it when it's when it's on a sale. <laughs> when it's like when fifteen it, quid. <laughs> when, when when it's on sale for about five, yeah, I'll buy it. Then. No, it's no. been a, it's been a while. It's been a while since I bought a kit, bought a, sh- a home shirt, probably about eight. And I think Good Johnson had on the back of the last one in the championship when I thought we were powering to the players under the Lennon. And good Johnson and Esky signed, so that's the last time I bought a home kit. So yeah, uh, I think we need to touch it, it, on that for a second. You saw Good Johnson and Hesky up front, and you thought playoff push. I won't have this disrespect of Good Johnson. He was great. No, Good Johnson was, he was good. still he good. He was still, he was still good. good. He just couldn't run, spell. but he was still good. I actually went. I especially made a trip down on a non-match day to buy that shirt with Good Johnson on the back. So uh, that says all you need to know about the man. But um, yeah, like I say, it's, it's a nice kit. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't look awful, which is which is nice, isn't it? It doesn't look awful. No, I should I should be putting this question to Reese, who will probably still get Medine fourteen on the back of this one, even though it's, <laughs> it's such as the obsession that he had with, with with Gary. But yeah, no, I think um, it's fairly just it's, it's a Bolton kit, isn't it? As, as our very own Liam Mamira put in the in the chat, and we were having a discussion about it. I think we've sort of come to a natural conclusion there, boys. We've been been going for almost an hour, and we've covered quite a lot of things going on it's been a very very busy period for the club which as we said is is very exciting I think maybe to leave you with, with one final question all three of you just because I think we've sort of got now what I would say would be the foundation of our defence I don't think we're going to make many more centre-back signings who would be a current president without having seen the, these boys play your back three um, in, and in the positions that you put them in Eddie I'll come to you first uh, I'll go Taft at went left centre-half Ryan Delaney in the middle and Ricardo Santos on the right. James, I I don't think I'd I'd say I'd say any different. Shane Ferrari, really? Rob Bank, and Liam Edwards and Greenidge, but yeah. And Liam, are you do you have a similar mindset? I think Delaney finished the season quite well alongside um, MCL, didn't he? When we had a few a few upturn, a few performances with a bit of an upturn, you know, under under Hill, um, so. Well, it doesn't, doesn't cover anything, I suppose, with Everett in charge instead of Hill. But I think he probably will start with those three, realistically. Um, but you never know; he might he might find space for for Brock Banker. I think just worries me having three three big lumps at the back. Can they all play? <laughs> you know, they're not going to be a bit bit sort of uh, industrial in their in their approach. But you know, he must have you know he must have faith in that they can all play football at the same time. Just because you're big doesn't mean you're clumsy. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see. But I think yeah, those three will probably start. But we'll uh, it'll be determined by the, the the myriad of preseason games we've got going on. And I'm sure they'll all get a chance to impress. And it could be Brock Bank, Greenidge, and um, Adam Cena at the back. Who knows? We just don't know at this stage. But realistically, them three do, do seem like the more more likely ones to start. 
Exactly. I, I think um, we'd like to be able to see these players before we, it comes to the start of the season, but I don't think that's going to end up happening given the uh, FC United-Manchester uh, game has now been called off, which might have been the only one that could have been broadcast somewhere. A bit of a shame, that one. I think it'll be Reese with his uh, yellow pages and his uh, binoc- <laughs> binoculars, won't it? Stop, that's giving, our, stop uh... giving his name away. He's the, in, he's the insider for a reason. Man, man of mystery. I know, um, are going to grasp. You already have, but anyway. I have, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one who told the stewards. Uh, edit it out. Edit it out. Exactly. Um, anyway, thank, thank you very much for your time, Jez. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, talking to you about um, all our new signings and all the exciting stuff going on. And uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone, to episode 149 of the Land of the Inner Suite podcast, where at Bolton Wanderers, at the back, it's Land of the Giants. League Two strikers, beware. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.